Let's go. <laughs> Good morning. <coughs> Good morning. We Do I don't think they say it. Right, we're going. Okay, welcome back to the Neil and Hal podcast. I'm very excited to be sat here. This is podcast number two. Uh, my name is Nile Wilson. I'm an Olympic gymnast. My name is Neil Wilson. I'm not an Olympic gymnast, but I am an awesome father, Niall Wilson's father. And we're here today to engage, inspire, and put a smile on your face. You've looked better, Dad, to be honest. Niall, Niall, the weekend I've had, you were, it's been Joanna's 21st. We had a party on Saturday night. We had a party yesterday. We had a party on Friday, right? right. And I might have had maybe two pints. A few sherbets. Two, two or three sherbets. It was, I found it, you know, going into it though, because the, the whole build up to Joanna's birthday parties, people might have seen some stuff online. Um, and she had this. Is this she going to upload a video to YouTube? The yeah, the, vi- the video that you did. So we're probably, talk about that'll probably be live on YouTube, yeah? Yeah, right yeah. So, so that, yeah, that, I'm sure that's live on YouTube. She's going to share it on Facebook. The amazing video that yourself and Tom put together. Would you say Tom's with us behind the camera? Mr. Yeah. Gelder. Joanna would have been here, but she didn't want to listen to us talk. No. Waffle on for an hour. So it was, it was fairground fun. So we had all these attractions. We had a Helter Skelter. We had a surf simulator. And then we had uh, golf. So I, stu- I stood on the golf and I, I drank far too much. And then when we got back home, we celebrated. So that's why I look and feel like this now. Yeah, well, you don't look bad. I'm all right. Well, I don't drink. I'm an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink. Well, what were you doing in my tent in the garden last night? I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. Playing I have never. I have never, oh, we're never playing never. that on the on the show today. We can do if you. Ever. We can do if you. No, want. I've got I've got a that, cup of tea. I got a cup. Of, I remember what you said last night, and I remember everything. Do people, do people listening understand the I have never game? They will do. Yeah, never have I ever. Is it Absolutely. never ever have I never or have I have never? Either. Anyway, you say don't you say I have never picked my nose and eaten it, and then if you've done that, you've got to have a drink, haven't you? Yeah, I remember you drinking for that one. Yeah. Should I say the ones you drank for? No. <laughs> <laughs> right, swiftly moving on to this podcast, we're going to talk. Um, we're going to go very, very deep into the whole Olympic experience. I think it's going to be interesting for you viewers, you listeners watching. And I must say, this podcast is available on every platform. We've got YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. I need to keep remembering to say that, the team. I have no idea what you're talking no about. No idea. Not. Never mind. Not a clue. Um, but... We want to talk about the Olympics as a whole. You're there for three weeks as an athlete. Uh, best three weeks experience of my entire life. You were there for three weeks as a parent. Yes. Which we will dive into. Where should we start, Dad? Because there's so much to talk about in Olympic Games. And I want to go juicy. I don't just want to be, you know, everyone who I see, they always like, what's the Olympics like? Yeah. And I just say it was the best thing I've ever experienced. But that's kind of the only encounter we have. So today we've got, over the next however many minutes to tell some stories, to go deep into what it's like in the village and environment as an athlete, competing, the competitions, the success, the after parties, maybe. Possibly. Where you played I have never again. <laughs> My manager let me speak about that. No, I don't know. Game up phone, game up phone. Sorry. I would, um, and I'll, I'm going to talk about what it uh, feels like and, and what the process was like from a parent's perspective, you know, on the outside looking in and watching you go through the Olympics. Because although Olympics was three weeks, it was much, the build-up was huge. It was much yeah, bigger than well, that, Because there was the selection to 20 years, really. Well, look, yeah. look at the handprints. We spoke, we told the handprint yeah. story in the last, I've obviously wanted and dreamed of being an Olympian, Olympian Olympic gymnast since you really started gymnastics and it is the pinnacle in the sport. You know, you don't really have anything much bigger in gymnastics today. Maybe something bigger in a few years to come. Never mind. We'll talk about that in another podcast. 
apart from the Olympics. So most, there'll be millions of kids across the world, gymnasts that are like, I'm going to be an Olympian. And I think let's talk about that because let's talk about the odds first off. Yeah. And I don't want to crush anyone's dreams listening. Um, however, there are five males. This is in the previous Olympics, five males, five females. So that's 10 in Great Britain, 10 gymnasts, oh, sorry, two trampolinists, 10, 12 gymnasts in Great Britain go to Olympics every four years. Yeah. And, and, in, and in reality, every four years, it, the team may change by one or two. Yeah, well, it changed this time by two, sp- two spaces. So Lewis, Max and Christian went to the London Olympics. So only two people were swapped. So like that's a fair point as well. Do you know what I mean? And what what's it going to do into into Tokyo? Yeah, not many are going to change. So actually getting there for me, what I want to talk about is my dream was to become an Olympian. However, I didn't focus or put pressure on myself to do that. I was focused on the process of the gymnastics and enjoying it just loving it, being the best gymnast I could be. And really the reality of becoming an Olympian wasn't until I turned 18 and we went to the Commonwealth Games, really. We spoke a lot about that in the, lab, in the last podcast. So you're, you're 18, 19, you just step up to the senior ranks and still you're not guaranteed to go into the Olympics. The trialing process is so... It's massive, isn't it? You know, the amount of the intense, I'm going to say stressful. It is. It's it's a stressful time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were doing the gymnastics, but we were watching, we were watching the product of you doing the gymnastics. So, you know, what watching, you lived at home at the time. So we, me and mum and Joanna, we watch you go through that journey. Yeah. And I think you're always, it's not just the competition results that you get, you, you, are being watched, analysed in training every single day, how hard you're working, how consistent you can be under pressure. I think that's the bottom line. I think, you know, we've we've got a, an array of talent in Britain in gymnastics. I think the guys that get those spots in the major team are the ones that are the most consistent competitors, in my opinion. Obviously, you've got to be at the, the level, but being able to put your arm up and deliver 10 elements of gymnastics six times because there's six apparatus in under the biggest pressurized environments not many can can really do it and have really got it naturally there and, and I think if you asked me right now how do I handle the pressure so for example the high bar final there's about 15 plus thousand people in the arena mm. There's eight guys, so there's only one event going at a time. We were the last one, we so there was only mm. eight gymnasts in a huge arena, so they're all watching you. It's one at a time. There was, I think, the figures I looked after. There were seven point six million people watching back home or around the world. There were about and, forty in the Bay Horse. There were eleven <laughs> Jaeger bombs. <laughs> I wish I were there with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this event comes around every four years. So that, that, I mean, you, you try not to let any thoughts like that get into your head and saying that out loud sounds ridiculous. And I'm just thinking about the journey, the process, doing my thing, what I normally do. You know, I'm, I'm putting myself back in an environment like Leeds in my head thinking I'll do this routine every day. All I need to do is me in the high bar, we talk about getting to a little happy room, block okay. out, I can't hear anyone in the crowd and you just do your routine. However, thoughts do pop in like, well, I'm not going to get this chance for another four years. So... 
Did you actually think that in, on the day in the in the final? No, not not when I was doing it. I was so in, in the I was so in, intensely focused on my job at hand, just doing the routine. I just needed to do a high bar routine that I knew I could do, and I did. Right, you know, it was my best routine that you've seen me do. However, like I delivered a world class routine in that environment, and I think I'll tell the story sh- straight off because. These, are we gonna uh, do, are we gonna do, are we gonna dive straight into your high we'll bar? We'll dive. Tell you what, we'll dive straight, and then, in. And then we'll go back because um, you at the start of the thing you mentioned the handprints. Okay. So, but we'll we'll go back to the handprints because the people listening to this might be on. <coughs> you're right. It's Apologies. Um, they might be thinking, "What's a handprints?" Don't know what that is. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we so we'll, we'll talk about that. But if you, if you want to talk first of all about that high bar experience, the way because. Now, you do you remember when you came to my work uh, when I was at work before I retired and became a gardener and okay. a blogger? <laughs> <laughs> became a gardener and a what am I now? A podcaster, a podcaster, a, a podcaster. So um, you came to my work and I I said there's two things as well because what we must do is we must mention the dream cards. That's a very important part of what happened at, at the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And it's people are saying, oh, what's dream cards? And we'll explain that. Yeah, what that is. Um, so it's, it's important that people understand what the build-up was like to get to the actual high bar final. And the point I'm trying to make was when you came to my work, you had about 40 people in a room, completely silent, some of them crying, based on the story that you told about what it was like to do that high bar final. So I'm, I... I would pressure on me now. No, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to put... I'm not, trying to put <laughs> people, not at the bloody Olympics, are we? We're in your bedroom. Tom's but, listening. Yeah, so you... You tell that okay. st- you tell that story in your words, and then and then what we'll do is we'll go back and do some of the build up stuff because the build up stuff was is, is important. It's yeah. Vital. Okay. okay. So it's the Olympic final. Bear in mind, I've I've already competed three times now um, in qualification, the team final, the all round final. So I'd done a lot of competing at the Olympic Games, which the experience was second to none. We sent, we came so close as a team to winning the bronze. We were less than a mark away in fourth place, I believe. Um, so that was um, the best experience. However, slightly disappointing and got in because we knew we were capable of, of getting in the top spots. And, you know, it, is what, it was what it was. We competed on that day. So I'm about six days after competing because it were a long period, weren't there? And it, the day had come where I had to do one more high bar routine at the Olympic Games. However, this was individually for a medal. Well, there were obviously a medals. It, it was kind of the first time that it was like right, one routine, one shot. Where because before I was with a team, I, I'm I'm better with a team. I'm not slightly better, but it's a, it's an easier environment. You kind of I do my best gymnastics when it's for the team because your boys oh. are there, you, the atmosphere's there. You've got all of us bouncing off each other. I I always for some reason perform better for those four brothers, and it feels like it's just for you five at the time, you know. But it is for the country. And it makes me so it, proud to wear that flag on on my chest. It's interesting isn't it, that you use language. I always perform better when it's for the team. Well, uh, maybe that's my my self talk, and but it, but it's true though. It's hist- so be, history. Yeah. It's factual. Yes, the best gymnastics I've ever done in my entire life was for the team. Agreed. Um, well, in fact, the numbers say that, don't they? Well, yeah, it's, fact, it's a you, fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I was this time. It was different. I was on my own. We got in the back gym, and there's only there's only eight guys. And I'll, I'll take you, we do the normal warm-up, did my normal day, I had breakfast, went down. And so you're in the back gym, everyone's warmed up. And I remember just 
lined up outside. So there's eight of you. A few of them have got the jackets on and the gloves, keeping their hands warm. And I think I was third man up. So I was just there with my guards ready. You'd have no warm up. You just warm in the back gym and you go out and you do a routine, which is an interesting experience because usually you get a three minute touch. You get to touch the bar out in the arena. So it was the first time I was going to touch the bar. And the feeling walking out, and it's just you've at you eight, there's eight of you looking around like, wow, this this moment is like just goosebumps. It was unbelievable. And I was we we spoke about it like I or in in that moment, a lot of people and it's easy to go, Oh my god, I don't like this. Like what if what if I what if I mess up? Look how many people watching this is so much pressure. I hope I stay on. Yeah, just things yeah, like that. Whereas my language in my head was just like I'm gonna smash this. Yeah. I've done this thousands and thousands of times. It's just another routine. Let's do it. Come on. Let's enjoy it. And um, this is where, so I marched out. We lined up in front of the judges. We, we, do you remember you walked past us? Yeah, I remember seeing you in the crowd. There's, there's, a, um, <coughs> Sorry. there's a thing that we've had your whole career, haven't, haven't we, where um, you always like to see us in the crowd and we always like to give you a nod to say. Yeah, we, I like to find you. So, yeah. so I was looking around and fortunately you was just above the yeah, thing. Yeah. So I caught you straight away. I knew where, where you were sat. Because I know when I nail my landing, I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I walked out. We lined up, and the competition had started. Now, this is where I'm going to take you back to the the World Championships 2015. So I've performed against all these gymnasts before. I've I've done two World Championships by this point, multiple European Championships, and it's it's the same competitors, and I've had success. And I remember. The 2015 Worlds, we finished competing. I think we're having, we're having a beer. And I said to Lewis, Lewis Smith, um, I always like to pick his brains. I always like to pick anyone's brains, you know, people who have, have achieved or done something that I aspire to do. And and I remember just saying to him, what's it what's it like then, mate, the, the Olympics? So he's done two at this point and won medals at both. And um, we were having a chat and it went, it went deep. And he just said, now, honestly, nothing will ever compare to the way you feel in an Olympic final. And then at the time, I, at the time, I've never experienced it. So the, at the time, I was just like, all right, whatever, Lewis, like, thanks. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, because I, I just think, well, I've, I've done a world championships. I've done a world final. Why would it feel any different? Just it's just, a, it's yeah. just another. Yeah. And then, so my God, it's, it's my turn. So the, the guy who'd, and, and, it was Zonderlander, if you remember. Yeah, he he felt off, he came off. So that was a huge contender with the previous Olympic champion out of the competition because he'd, he'd hung off. So I'm just keeping my cool. But even it, then, you, you, you struggle to let these thoughts come in. It's like, well, bloody hell, there's a big chance now of me winning the medal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, so I'm, I'm walk up and I, and I got the chart booking. It wasn't until that point where I. I, th I remember thinking back to the conversation where it was like, with Lewis. You know, with Lewis, and he was like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. Like, there's, there was, I've never felt like that, yeah, environment. I've never felt anything like it in that moment. Just the, the, the sheer excitement, fear, like, nerves, butterflies, nerves, butterflies everything. And, and it was at that moment when I was chalking my handguards up that I was like, he was, and he said he, he, he can't explain it, but it was exactly how he said it. And <clears throat> I then walked over at the bar, stood at the end of the mat, 
the judges were ready, the green light went on, did my thing, put my arm up, screamed, come on, let's do this, I can do, I can do on, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, honest to God, I do not remember a single second of being on that bar. Not a second. It was like my body went into this... Um, autopilot. Yeah, it was like muscle memory, just yeah. autopilot. Just, but I, I could not, I cannot today recall being on that bar. It was weird. It was an, it was a weird experience afterwards. The only thing I remember were my pleat, my pleat, my feet planting the floor and sticking a dismount. And I don't really know what had gone on on the bar. Like I, I could have done a rubbish routine, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd stuck the landing, and that's when the emotion just erupted out of my body. Like the way I felt, I, I, I just remember screaming. I looked over at you and you guys were all crying and going absolutely mental and oh my god so then I marched I marched down and my heart it just the feeling was unbelievable and I um the score came up or in second place 15-4-3-3 or 15-4-6-6 I can't remember yeah. what it was and then that was then the start of a new experience because I had no control over what went on then so I'm in second place and there's another five gymnasts left to go. So <laughs> the next one goes, and he scores 15 1. Yeah. The next one goes 14 8. Yeah. The next one fell off. And the more and more it's getting closer to the mark where it's like, oh my God. And I remember Sam McCulak scored 15 4. So I got 15 4 3 3. And so it was in, you're talking like point not not of, of a tenth. And then I think it was the second lap to last guy I went and it were he were a Brazilian, so the the crowd were going, going absolutely crazy, mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he stuck his dismount. I know. And I'm getting like some anxiety yeah, right yeah. now thinking about the, the the moment. And then his score popped up and it was something like forty nine. Yeah. So that that moment from when I realised I had an Olympic medal, I was in second place with the last guy to go. I've I had like tingles, like from my head to my foot. Like I don't know, I was just tingling. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, <laughs> it yeah. was like like oh my god, and I, I just I just, the emotion just hit in. Then I got got quite emotional, started tearing up. I'm on the floor, like there were still gymnastics going on, and I'm just walking around like with my head in my hands, thinking I've I've done it. I've got an Olympic medal, like a dream, and then. Um, yeah, it was so, so special. So many emotions up and down. And it's literally one of the best feelings in my entire life to then have a platform to be where we are today. Yeah. And the, the experience after it. But if I could go back and relive a moment, a feeling, it'd 100% be that one. And I think I, I'm inspired by the work that I put in is forgetting that feeling again. Yeah. 100%. I should remember his name, and it will come to me if I had a bit of time. The American guy who went last, Daniel Laver. Dan Laver. Did you watch? Because me, because from from our experience, right? You know, when you did your routine, and you uh, you stuck your dismount, you jumped up. There's a video of so somebody in Brazil took a video of me, Sally, and uh, Joanna. It makes from, me cry every time I watch. From that. behind, right? Watching your routine, and you're you're like in the distance. So so when uh, when you doing your routine and you stuck it I got it in my head right I got it in my head that I was going to jump in the arena I was going to like 
You know, not be a streaker or anything. I was just going to jump into the. <laughs> not be a streaker. I, well, I had all my clothes on. I'll take this a bit. So I thought, all right, I'm, I'm going in. And you see me jump over some chairs. Yeah, I there's a video. And I, and we'll I, ping up the video. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put the video up. And I, so I get to the edge of the arena and think, right, I'm jumping. And it was about 20 foot. <laughs> yeah. the the, in the video, uh, you're like running down the stairs. Yeah, they go, but you kind of look over and you're like, nah, 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 nah I'm starting to go back over there. So. Why did you want to jump in the arena? I don't know, no. I got all converted and confused. I was all like emotional. I just wanted to, I wanted to express the way I felt about what you'd just done. And to me, it was gate crashing the arena and getting security to throw me out of the Olympics. That's, <laughs> yeah. not, that's what I thought would happen. Get banned. Get banned. So, so, so that happened. So then we, we're we made it in a medical vlog. Right? We're running it. We, so, and then, so we're waiting and we're feeling exactly the same each time somebody went. It was kind of the, the nerves and the way we felt. And then, so, uh, well, the, the, no, the Brazilian, I didn't see, um, his routine. The Brazilians? No, the American. Lever. I didn't see Lever's routine. None of us did. Because the minute that score came up and you were in a silver medal, which meant you were guaranteed a medal, yeah. we thought you'd win silver. Uh, me and Joanna just lost it. I, I couldn't... You know when you're crying, you can't stop tears. You can't stop yourself crying. Like yeah, and yeah. I had like an like ugly... Like a baby, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, 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 like an ugly pig crying face. I went, oh... <laughs> And Joanna were the same. Mum was normal. What's up with you? You know, well, I can't, I'm, I'm just, so, and then, and then we just kind of pulled ourselves together. He landed and his score came up and you got knocked down into bronze. Now, yeah. every, I, I don't know. I didn't see his routine, but the scores are scoring it. And the yeah, the bronze but I'm going to say at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't disappointed that I didn't get, that I wasn't in silver medal position. No. It just, the feeling of like having been in a position where you'd won an Olympic medal. To me, it didn't matter. I was, it was the, the bronze. It, it would, would have been silver. It would have been gold. I just think the whole emotion of finding out that you've won an Olympic medal was just unbelievable. And yeah. then I, um, we went out the back and we went straight for the ceremony. And um, I think I had my phone. I think it was on my phone. Oh, it might have been, it might have been Nathan, the physio. He runs over and Baz was on the phone. I don't know, he just needed to speak to me. Just like somebody must have rang me 15 times. And he managed to okay, get he was back in the UK. He was back he? in the yeah. UK at home watching. And he should have. So Nathan's passed me the phone and he couldn't speak. He must have been exactly like you. Oh, this yeah. is Barry, uh, our national coach now, and he works very closely. He's, with coming, me in here, for, he's coming in here. He's coming in here. He'll be on the Absolutely. Um, and he was like the same, just a, a baby crying on the phone, just saying how. I, I couldn't really understand the word he was saying. But that hearing him then set me off. So I'm kind of out back, tearing up, crying before I'm about to march on. Sort myself out. Right, right, right. Got me, got me gear on and, and stuff like that. We march out. And um, then he announced it. Then he was in the bronze medal position, Niall mm. Wilson. And then I, I was all right. I was holding it together. I was like, come on, just, just get over the next two couple of minutes. And I stood on the podium. There'll be, a, if you see the video the, and a picture, and I think before I took the medal, I looked to you guys yeah. on the podium and pointed and did big heart. And uh, it was just seeing your faces because you were yeah. you were red. I could I could even see from the crowd that you'd been crying. Yeah. And then just seeing you in that whole moment and emotion, it just fucking set me off. So I'm taking the medal and just tears are starting to come out. I can't hold it in. I nearly ugly cried first. I was literally like. <laughs> 
don't do it now. You're on TV. And I think that just makes it more special because it. And there's so many athletes that did it. I remember Lewis doing it in the moment. It's, yeah. it's like the emotion because you've trained your whole life for something like that. Like your whole life, you've dedicated, and it's not just myself, us as a family, the coaches, the team. And it was like I've done it. I've achieved something so special. And yeah, the emotion just absolutely floods out and it was such a special moment and I'm have sure you, have you ever replicated that feeling in any other event or just Olympic one the um, do you get them feelings in other times like I don't think I've, I don't think I've cried like I, I don't think I've cried like I did in the podium I think I became really close for the Commonwealth all round final in the Gold Coast yeah the all yeah, round yeah, yeah. something special on it that whole moment was something we'll, we'll talk about another time but well, we'll talk about it another time because you weren't going to do the all round. Well, you yeah, did the, and then you did the all round. <clears throat> yeah. So um, it seems appropriate because you, you're talking about training your whole life, just to go, just to step back to the handprints. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, we've got photographs of the handprints. Are we able to like pop that up on yeah. the screen? Yeah. So that was in two thousand and so seven my, years old. I was. Seven years old. My closet guard. I was starting to come out of the closet from a gardening perspective. I was mm-hmm. doing some gardening, wasn't I? And I was I was laying a uh, like a, a patio at the back, and I had two little squares. And I, I thought I thought what I'll do is I'll put some concrete in it and get the kids' handprints, yours and Joanna's handprint. Yeah. Mm. So and I remember I, doing it. Yeah, I did. Joanna for in. Joanna. She screamed all the way through it. She cried. I'm not putting my hands in there. I'm not doing that. I'm not. She said, get your hands in. Put puts her hands in. And then when I, I did yours, you put your hands in. I wrote both your names and I, I said, what, what do you want me to write on here? And you remember what you said? You said, um, Olympic gymnast, because I'm going to the Olympics. Seven years old, right? So, and, and I've, I've got a bit, I'm going to be really honest, because that's the whole point of what we're doing this thing. Yeah. I actually thought, yeah, right. <laughs> of course you are. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, if you, if you tell me, I'm going to the Olympics. I think, wow, that that's amazing that you want to do it, but blooming heck, it's a long way away. It goes back and to it, the first point we talk about the odds and yeah, yeah. So, so the you know the the passion and the drive and the belief. You just you just said it like it, matter of fact. I'm going to the Olympics. Seven years old. Yeah, amazing, amazing. But what you know what I didn't do as a parent is I didn't think, oh right, I'm bringing up an Olympian now because mm-hmm. he's going to the Olympics. So I'm now bringing up an Olympian. I you know I need to be. An Olympic athlete's dad, not just a Niall Wilson dad. That's that's not what I thought. To me, you were still just Niall, because because the, the most important thing to me, over everything else, was um, bringing you up as a nice person. Yeah. A nice. That was my job to bring you up as a nice person. Because and I've, I I've uh, done it when I've done a couple of talks. I, when I, part of what I do is I say to, you're right. Part of what I do is I, I say um, to the to the parents in the room, I say, put your hand up. You know, if you think about this now, if you're listening, I say to them, put your hand up if you see your mum and dad in you. Yeah. And I've been in rooms with 100 people and all 100 have put their hands up. Right. So, so you mean like, Pat, you kind of take after your mum and dad with some of your behaviours and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So So then the second question to that is, so, okay, then. Put your hand up if you see yourself in your kids. Right? So do you see yourself in your children? Put your hand up. So all the hands go up again. 
So, so the, um, and these these are parents that have got gymnasts at a, a very young age, up up to teenage years. So, what you invest as a parent is what you will produce. You know, like you read you, you read what you sow. What what you will produce in terms of being a, pe- a, a a parent and what your child is like, because you are the biggest influence on your child. You are the person that drives their beliefs and their attitude and what you know. And people, so if you say right, who who influences children? They they say, or they say YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you know, videos, all the online mm. stuff. Teachers, friends, yeah. peers, but parents are a massive part of that. And if you also think about as well, what what are the key attributes of bringing up a nice person, a really nice person like yourself? You know, and you, and you think about well, it's having a a great attitude, having passion, having drive, being nice. You know, commun- great communicator. Um, talks to people's got goals, got got beliefs, following their beliefs. So that's what bringing up a nice hard person. Working. Yeah, hard working. So polite, polite. So what are the attributes of bringing up an elite sportsman? Passion, drive, hard work, polite. There is no difference, is there? <laughs> yeah. There is no difference. All of them things apply to a nice person per- to yeah. to bring up. An, so the person when, comes first. Absolutely. So when you put your hands in the concrete, and it went on the BBC because they were like calling it's like this Hollywood Boulevard thing, didn't we? Your handprints in, and it, it was funny because you <laughs> you were on BBC whatever, and you messaged me said, "Dad, I need a picture of handprints." Me and Mum were in bed. And, we, and I'm saying to someone, I need a picture of handprints. How do we get that? She said, you like to go outside and take it. I said, well, you got my dressing gown on. It's raining. <laughs> trying to get these. And then you message me about, don't you go, it's all right, Dad, I've, I've gone. I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> you are half so, naked outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that, you know, that that was the handprint story and you saying you were going to the Olympics. But the, the fact is, you said it, we wrote it in a piece of concrete. We've got the photo evidence and you went. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It back amazing. on the yeah. back on the influence thing, without when you were saying that about the kids, I, I do. There's one thing I love, um, which we talk about, and it's, you know, one of the questions is who is who's your biggest influence? Yes, who are the biggest influences on you and, and you, people yourselves will reel off your parents, yep, your, your friends, your yep. teachers, your coaches, you know, your environment, what yep. you watch, YouTube, YouTube, online. and I think not true. Well, yeah, this is what. This yeah, is what I'm uh, sorry, have so I just no, well, no, it's, no, it's not true. The biggest influence on yourself is yourself, and I think when coming to grips with that is really kind of like light bulb moment. It's like, well, yeah, you know, what I do, everything happens that happens to me is because of me. Absolutely. And I think when you when you get to that place of of accountability, and you know, there's kind of victim versus being accountable for your actions and understanding that like I said everything happens to you because of you and then the fact as well that you get to choose your attitude yes you get to choose with anything that happens in life positive or negative your attitude is a choice you know and and I think I've I certainly see it in other people when I've seen it myself recently you know sometimes we, we spoke about mental health it's not as easy to just be positive and you know and shift your attitude but it's so true just something like you know, traffic on a morning, something like falling out with someone at work, some someone's being a bitch at work. Or I'll tell you the best one, a queue at a hotel and you want to check in. Queue at a hotel and you and absolutely you lose your shit. I tell oh, you, God, I've sworn. I tell you what, I tell you what I hate, running out of ketchup. <laughs> I swear to God. Ketchup. <laughs> you, lose, you, you lose your shit, don't you? You absolutely go mental. And Well, not everyone, but I think 
what I what I'm like now is I run into traffic. He could say it's fine. I can't control this. What I can do is put some good music on. Oh, you know what? I'll ring my dad. Or listen to a Neil and Now podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come on, Dad. You yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a plugger. <laughs> I'm a big plugger. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah it's right. And it's, you, you, you cannot control the traffic, but you then produce chemicals in your body that gets you angry for yeah. a good hour and a half because the traffic was horrendous And, then, and they're morning. not healthy. And it was raining. Yeah. So no, straight away in your day, you, you've, you've started it like that when actually it's just a choice in your mind. You could be like, what I, what I always say to myself is the little trigger is it's fine. Just those words, they they just resonate with me. I don't know with anything that that kind of gets me me going. It's yeah. fine. It's just a cue. It's fine. What's wrong? Just no. It's fine. What's the point in getting? It's fine. Big things in life. Anyway, we've gone off track a little bit here, so I want to talk. Go on. No, go on. I've I've got a story, but I've got how many more podcasts we're we gonna do? About another two or three hundred? Because I'll tell it another time. Yeah, it's tell a beauty. It time. Oh, right. Go on then. I'll tell it now. I want to hear the story. Is it well, inspirational? No, it, is it, it funny? It, we, well, it's it, no. It, what, it's just about your attitude. What you were talking about in terms of choosing your attitude and the way you behave as a parent. So my, you know, from a parent's perspective. So my, so my example is my analogy is we've been. We took you to Ayanapa from an early age, didn't we? Yeah. Always think it's great to take your kids to a, hotel, a holiday resort that's boom shake the room, plenty going on. Yeah, um, I've been back as an adult; it's better. Yeah, than yeah. So you, you think about the, the, the scenario where you're at the, you're, you're on holiday, you're at the swimming pool, you're in on your sunbeds, and your kids are running round the pool. Yeah, right. running, running, running. Which a it's quite, it's really you get really frustrated. You're on holiday, you're supposed to be relaxing, and you're going like, "Don't run, don't run." Use the wrong language. Yeah. Stop running. Don't run. Don't run. Kids just do run, 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 run. <laughs> you know, it's like at, at school they have a, a no running policy, don't they? What? Don't run. Stupid. Why isn't the policy just walk instead yeah. of don't tell them not what to do? Yeah. So so the kids are running around pools. <clears throat> you can, you're gonna slip over. You stop. Running round the pool, stop running over an ice cream. No, not until you stop running round the pool, just stop running. Put some cream. I don't want any cream on. Stop, you know. So, all of a sudden, you're relaxed holiday. You're completely losing it because kids are <laughs> running round the pool, right? So that's what you like, yeah. But then what happens is your kid slips, falls over, bangs their head, yeah, yeah. What version of yourself do you then become? The coolest, calmest person. You go. <laughs> Oh, never mind now. What's happened? Let's have a look. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Let's have a look. Have you? Oh, you've banged your head. Oh, you divvy. I mean, you're all right. <laughs> you can kiss it better. Yeah, I'm all right, Dad. Oh, that's good. That's good. At least you don't need any stitches. You don't. You want to sit down for a minute. So you. Yeah. It's yeah. like in what happens is when it's something that shouldn't be winding you up and you should be relaxed. You go completely nuts, which produces all them bad chemicals. Yeah. When it becomes a serious event, you become the calmest, coolest version of yourself. Yeah. yeah. So why do you not choosing the calmest, coolest version in the first place and dealing yeah. with it differently? That's all. It, that was my story. No, it's got. Yeah. Remember the bag one. You used to you used to lose your brag with me just having my back my gym. Oh yeah, yeah. Door. My mate Steve actually sorted me out. We're having Steve on here and all with that. The bag. <laughs> Go on. You tell him the bag story. I used to lose. I used to lose me. It's Tom's bag now. His bloody <laughs> thinking bag that he brings. Well, I just I get him from gym and then put my bag at the door at the door in the hallway. Now, like to me, the the bloody the shoes as well. Yeah. We had a shoe rack and there were about shoes. 15 pairs of shoes on the floor. Shoe rack empty, shoes on the floor. Nuts. And then bag there. Yeah. And I mean, like, I just got home for four hours gym. I just put my bag in my thing. Yeah. Take it upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Take it upstairs, Niall. 
And then you'd, you'd, you'd literally go absolutely mental. Why are you leaving that there? How many times what have I told it, you? What was it that Michael said, though? Was it, like, well, it was Steve that said it. Oh, was it Steve? Steve yeah, Steve. Well, that's, said, go on. I, I told him the story and I said, he said to me, what? I'm going, I'm, and I'm, I'm like, as I'm telling him the story, because we'll have Michael and Steve on and they'll tell you more about the eye to eye stuff. As I'm telling the story, I'm starting to produce the same chemicals. I'm going, well, he's leaving his bag on the floor. It's disrespectful. Yeah. You know, it's just it's like, in your way. it's in the way and every time tripping over it, you know, why can't he just, why can't he just, he says to me, what sort of bag is it? I said, I said it's, um, it's like a hold all thing. He says, what does it say on it? I says, it says Rio 2016 Olympics on it, Team GB. He said to me, it's an Olympic bag. <laughs> I went, yeah, why? He says, well, why don't you look at that bag and think, my son's been to the Olympics. That's an Olympic bag, that. That bag there is an Olympic bag. My <laughs> son's been to the Olympics. So I went, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got so, you completely changed. So when the bag came, I said, bags are right there, Olympic bag. Yeah, my son's been, I mean, it just, com- it changed, it just completely changed me like that. And I thought, what am I doing? Why am I... Why am I losing it over a bag, falling yeah. out with you, and it's just nonsensical? It was where you used to absolutely, absolutely lose your head if we'd spill a drink or smash a glass as well. Yeah. When it's by accident, you just knock it. You don't, I don't pick up a glass and go, Dad, watch this, and just smash it on the floor. No, you don't. And you do it as well. I do. You smash glasses. He'd go do. absolutely mental every time. Bob smash one. We'd spill a drink on carpet, and me and Joanna would just run upstairs and just leave <laughs> it. Hope that it dry. <laughs> you won't see it. Notice. Yeah. But it's, it's true though, isn't it? Because I think until you make, when I made kind of that, hopefully listen to this the, for the listeners and, and viewers, it kind of be sat there thinking about themselves now and thinking, well, yeah, well, I, I do. I'm so yeah. I'm negative all the time and like I'm frustrated or moaning or I'm tired. Yeah, and little things, and I, and I think when you actually make that switch, my my life changed. I just I felt so good all the time because I was choosing to and I know it's not as easy as, yeah. as that but just the little stuff all the time and then then you when you get better at it yourself and you kind of you'll run into traffic in the morning and then you go oh it's fine oh, it's just a and then you'll actually feel loads better and you have a great day yeah, yeah. and then you I start to see it in other people so much more you know those just like energy drainers and it's everything no matter what it is oh, yeah. I'm not so good today oh, I'm, I'm tired or oh. Yeah, one. Oh. Uh, you know, I said to people, a couple of people at work, "How are you get? How are you getting on, Malcolm? One day near retirement." <laughs> oh, you must be having a great life, lad. You're just counting all your days down to retirement, and then one day nearer. One day I just wanted to say as well, you know, just just a little bit of clarification. These are our stories, and these are my stories. I'm by no means kind of no. telling anybody how to be a parent, right? I don't no, think, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I am not the perfect parent, Niall. I don't know if you want to disagree with that or not, but I'm... I don't, saying, I don't disagree with that. I am not the perfect parent. It's just these stories are mine and Niall's and the way we did it, you, you know, you yeah. might have a different way of doing it, which is better, and that's brilliant. I think brilliant. Well, Niall's, I, there Niall's is. a perfect person. I think it's, like you say, we're telling our stories. Yeah. And... But we we're running out of time, and we got, we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a podcast three on it because we've all the Olympic stuff we've written on board. Tell us some more because you've told me loads, right? Tell us some more stories about the Olympics and what happened at the Olympics. Do a bit okay. of name dropping as well. Some of them oh. people you met. I'm I say who I met and all. I'm <laughs> well, you get there. It's like the the village is like a, a city, so there's yeah. just a building blocks, you know, thirteen, fifteen stories high, and different. The biggest teams had a block to themselves, so. 
Great Britain, we had a full block. How many athletes? Is it 700 or something? Is it less than that? 500 and... I can't remember how many GB athletes there is. There's something like 10,000. In total, but GB, GB, yeah. yeah, So you got... GB got a full apartment block, 15 stories high. This is where we're sleeping. This is where we're staying, you know, so... You're walking around all the time. You're seeing all the athletes. It's it's surreal. I remember there was there was swimming swimming pools, tennis courts. It was huge. Like a city. It was like a ten minute walk to the dining hall. The the di- the food hall is like an arena. It seats five thousand people. Wow. Twenty four hours. There's a there's a twenty four hour McDonald's. <laughs> Nicely. Yeah. There's just food. That, wow. I I got there's there's drinks free. Every everything's free. You're not paying a penny for anything. Right. And there's just fridges everywhere with. With the you know Coca Cola, Powerade, Fanta, to Coca Cola, all the sponsors, sponsors all the yeah. sponsors of the games, and uh, so you just whenever you want a drink, you just go up to a fridge and take one. And there's 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 fridges on every floor of the apartment block, all over the dining hall, all over the thing. And it was funny. I walked into Chambers down road like the day after I got back. Chambers, what's Chambers? It, the the shop at the shop at bottom of Alcourt on Alcourt's Road where yeah. we live. All right. And um, I just walked in, grabbed a drink, and I was walking out of the shop. <laughs> I got, got for, for three and a half weeks. I got used to just taking everything for free. Um, but yeah, you're bumping into everyone. I remember Bolt was in the Bolt was in the dining hall one of the nights, and then might get this. So you're at, they're at a game, staying in a village with thousands of athletes that are also very famous as well and very high profile. Bolt was the only person that I saw. He still got mobbed. He got absolutely mobbed by the athletes. By the athletes. By right. every, well, I I wanted. It was sat. So where we're sat, he was sat at the table over there, and he was eating his dinner. So I was like, I don't want to go over. He was eating his dinner, and we yeah. were eating our dinner. But it's like Usain Bolt sat on the table, literally about. Did you desperately want a picture with him? Thirty feet. Well, I would have liked one, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I remember him with because he'd kick off if people came over when he was eating his food, like understandably. Yeah. And then I remember he, he finished his food and he picked his stood up, picked his tray up went to the bit where you get rid of your food and you put your tray back. And it was like, flies around poo. Really? And then he ended up having to run. He like ran out of the food hall with people following him just because they wanted a video or a picture with him. And, and, and all from, of them are athletes? All of them are athletes at the games, <laughs> right. yeah. It's like everyone's, you know, like high mega profile. And then I think I remember after that, I followed him on Instagram and he, he didn't go to the food hall after that. Then the whole time he just got people to bring him food or he got food delivered yeah. in his apartment block. But then um, the first, we were there for two days and we got settled in our apartment and stuff and everything was cool. And I, uh, we was up, had a coffee and I was like, Christian, do you want to go for some breakfast? It was about nine o'clock. Because it, it was a bit of a trek. You had to walk 10 minutes. You right. know, it's like walking from here into Leeds for a restaurant every time you had to have some food. And um, it was like, yeah, so it was just me and Chris. So you grab your accreditation. Everyone has a... I've got my Olympic accreditation. Like yeah, it's, it's somewhere. somewhere yeah. You always have to have that everywhere. But you can't get in anywhere without that. I've got another funny story about accreditation. Anyway, so we, we the thing is, lot the left few lads in the room, click the lift button, lift doors open. Andy Murray stood there with his kit bag, bucket <laughs> 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 lift, and it was kind of those moments where I was like, Andy Murray, oh my god, that was like. Okay, so me and Christy just walked in and just went, morning, Andy. 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 Team mate. And it, but, but it was just so, it was like, everyone's on this mutual, like, common goal of competing in the Olympics. So you're all pals. 
everyone's friends with each other, even from different countries and that, you just get involved because yeah, everyone's yeah. at the Olympics together and yeah. everyone's worked their whole lives to be at this point. And it was like, he just said, how you doing, fellas? You, you all right? I was like, yeah. How are you? He had his kit bag and his things. He was like, off training. How's it going? Yeah, you feel ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got That's to the... Tall, very tall, isn't we it? got Yeah, he was really tall, yeah. And we got to the bottom of the lift and he was like, right, have a good day, lads. He was like, you too, mate. And then I looked at Chris and I was like, what just went on there? <laughs> what just happened? I couldn't believe it. And then like stories then, and then they just keep happening. You know, we we had the the British school where we could meet you. Yeah, yeah. And you was... you saw Andy, didn't you? Remember that when you were yeah you went that you oh, went that. What happened was I I the British school Sally started sorted all that out, and we got the, we got this taxi driver. I, I wish I could remember his name. That that Joanna then contacted. So each time we wanted to go somewhere, she messaged him and he'd come and pick us up because we were in an Airbnb, which was. A, this high-rise flats, which was lovely, it was, it was really good. Um, so we go to the school, the British school, and then I would just be, you know, like what you're just talking about with Bolton. Anybody that came in there, I was just like completely starstruck. So I was trying to get my phone out to take pictures of Andy Murray. But Andy Murray was getting out the ice bath, so he was <laughs> half naked, and Dad's there <laughs> holding his phone, like he's following him. Dad, his phone. Like, Dad, Dad, put the phone put away. Put your phone away. Then and, um, Adam Peaty were there. Well, it, well, there, were, there were loads of people there, but it was an amazing place. And I used to like going there because they had tea bags, and you couldn't buy any tea bags anyway, so you used to slip a few tea bags into it. Oh, did you know? And to me, I'm, that was I'm the most... I wasn't bothered about seeing you. Know, I just wanted some tea bags. And you cannot buy milk in Brazil, in Rio. You, can, you know, we just gone and got a pint of milk. Yeah. You, get, you don't, no milk. You don't, but they don't have milk. What do you have in your cows. coffee? I Where can't remember what from? I had to get. We had to get like the cream st- thing. Some funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't have cows. Well, they can't do. Can they? Well, where's oat milk? I don't know. We had milk in the village. Well, you will do, won't you? Because you're in with Andy Murray and all them, like, aren't you? And Bolt. You know. The pies. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the pies and what, afterwards. Are you, are you going to talk about the golf? Yeah, well, no, I'll let you tell. I'll let you tell the story because um, me and Justin Bezzy's now. I've got his number and stuff. And uh, so what happened? Well, we had a few days off didn't between the the all round final and the and the the high bar final. And Dad, obviously, as a family, but mainly stem from you, we're big golf fans. Dad plays golf off far. If you ever want to round with us. You're a good golfer, Dad. I'll give you that. You are a very, very talented well, I, golfer. I can, I can hold my own, yeah. I'm going to say to the, the podcast world, to everyone listening, he's a good golfer. He, like I've, You hit the ball like a professional. Like There's no there's no doubt about it. And everyone would agree with me at the golf club. You think? 100%. Well, they never say yes. anything. They normally <laughs> say, where's that gone? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> your swing and your strike, ball striking, and you just, you could have been a professional. And, and I said to you, why didn't you go for it, Dad? And what did you say? I can't remember. What did I say? Was it bad? You said booze and women. Booze and women, yeah. Well, he, well, it happens, doesn't it? It does. But anyway, does. so we, so we wanted to go and watch the golf. Mum's walked <laughs> Mum's walked past. What am I going to say now? Sorry, Sally Love. All right, Sal. Mm. <laughs> so we got, we got well, to the was, golf. It, it was the, the British th- school said... We've got tickets. I've got four tickets here. Does anyone want to go to the golf? And most people went, oh, no, I'm bothered about that. I mean, well, I'll have them. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I went and met you, didn't I? And then we went to the golf. Yeah. But the first round, first round. It was the first round. And um, remember we bumped into the Irish lad on the, uh, what was his name? Blooming Ryder Cup captain. Oh. He commentates now. Yeah, I know, you, I know what you mean, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Dad, you're the golfer. Really. I know. Uh, well, it's, I was just drawing a complete bank and we were on the 17th green. Did and Michael? Walked, no. no, we walked, it'll come to me. Uh, we walked up. 
Anyway, and, so and I said to him, he said, you got some guns on you, fella. <laughs> <laughs> you got some guns on you there. What do you do? What do you do? Do you remember? What's his name? Oh, I can't believe. Anyway, so we're going around the golf. We've seen a few of the players. Um, it's a lot of walking, so I didn't want to do too much. I had a day off the day after. And then we comes up to Justin, didn't we? So like I said, I'd already seen Justin in the village. I'd met him. Yeah. I'd, I'd thingy. So I, you know, f- from my perspective, it's just me, mate, because we're doing the Olympics together. And we're staying in the same apartment block and we say hello when we bump into each other every morning. So we're stood at the back of a green, aren't we? Yeah. And he walked over. He spotted me. Well, he was walking to the next tee. He walked to the next tee. He spotted me and he went, Niall, how are you doing? <laughs> so to this point... My dad, my dad nearly fainted <laughs> because Justin Rose, his hero in golf, has just said to his son, how you doing now? How you doing now? You're right. <laughs> you were going mental. Well, you were really cool as well. You went, you're right, Justin. Like you were big buddies. We were we buddies. We were doing Olympics together, I told you. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And I'm saying, just, I'm going, Justin Rose, how was you stand alone? That was another... Uh, embarrassing dad moment because you were going calm down yeah, oh, no, 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 but just Justin, Justin Rose he couldn't believe it and then um, so we get Pick a few up the story we, for there we walked around we walked it, around didn't we and then next thing we get to tap on shoulder so his, his wife's following him round yeah and then next thing his wife happened to be an ex-gymnast yeah and she did acrobatics and the two days previous They'd both come to watch me you, in yeah. the team final. Yeah, big buddies. So it were amazing, weren't we? And they ended up walking the rest. Of, we were on the well, 16th, ju- on it? Let me just pick up what just what, what she said. She said, uh, you're Niall. And you went, yeah, yeah, I'm Niall. And she said, and at the point on the golf course, she said the story. She said, she's also his manager, isn't she? Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she goes to the golf and she walks around and follows. But they've, they've got this, what she was explaining to me was, they've got this, this kind of rule. A, bit, a little bit like you in your happy room when you go on, on the high bar. Um, once he starts playing golf and he tees off, that's it. He's, he's zoned in on his golf. So, yeah, she, you yeah. know, she doesn't speak to him and he doesn't speak to her. They don't have a conversation because from that point, for those four hours, whatever, it's just about golf. Yeah. And she said, what happened was on the, on the previous hole, he unusually, that never happened, she'd wave, he'd waved her over. He's going, come here, come here, come here. So she's like, you know, she's getting in her own panic room because she's thinking, what on earth? Because he never waves me over. Yeah. So he, she, he kind of waved us the thing and he walked over and, and he said to her, this is from quote from it, he said, nah, Wilson's here. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen him at the back of the thing. And at that, at that point I passed out again. I went, oh, <laughs> nah, Wilson's here. So and I'm thinking, what is going on? So then we walked and we met Justin's mum, if you remember as well. Oh, yeah. Amazing family, lovely people. She said, you like, fuck, come round to the 18th and then you can meet Justin at the back. Do you remember that? Yeah. So we go, we goes round, didn't we? And I'm, I'm just like, I'm buzzing. I'm a complete, I'm a complete wreck. I've lost it. And he's, he was doing uh, thingy interviews, you know, all the, all the press interviews. And it, and it, his caddy came back. He's called Fooch. He's just retired now because he's had heart surgery. So we, we wish him well. We hope he's okay. Whether he listens to this or not, I've no idea. But he just, so he, he's just retired. But it was Fooch, and he was on the back. You remember we had that chat to him? Yeah. And he said to me. Um, yeah, you can have some golf balls, a few golf balls. She gave me three golf balls. Yeah. So, just in that round, if you remember, Justin Rose had had a hole in one. Yeah. Yeah. So we so I'm stood with these three balls, put them in my pocket, and his and his wife comes back, and we're having a bit of chat, waiting for Justin, and, and she sa- she says to him, she says, 
uh, have you got that golf ball that Justin got a hole in one with? He went, yeah, yeah, cool as you like. Yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. I've got it. She said, I want to take a couple of pictures. I'll be back in a minute. He went, yeah, yeah, no problem. So she walked off and then he turned to me and went, Neil, I need one of them balls back. <laughs> so I get so I get the balls out of my pocket. I goes, which one is it? He went, well, I don't know. Just give me one of them. <laughs> like... So, well, I, so well, I, gave, I wanted the actual one. Yeah, so I gave him. So I gave. Him, I don't know whether she wanted to keep it or frame it. Or so, you know, like his hole yeah. in one golf ball at the Olympics. Olympics. So we and she came. She really got that ball. And went yeah. So I took a picture. Well, she put it on the bag. Took a picture and she said, "I'm I'm going to keep. I'm keeping that ball. Hole in one at the Olympics. It's just amazing. I'm going to have it mounted. Well, it, I've so I so there's that one. But I've got two of the balls. So I could actually have the ball that Justin got the hole in one. I'm sorry if they listen to this because they're big mates of yours now. <laughs> but the actual ball is. But there is a chance it could yeah, be it could the ball. Be one of the balls. Yeah. Have you used then, any of them? Or have you got them? I've got them in. in uh, <laughs> I've got them in my bedside cabinet. <laughs> of course you are. Bed. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I just, I just look at them every night before I go to sleep. Yeah, but then you met him down at um, that because that was amazing. When you met him down at the Buckingham Palace. Oh gosh, yeah. What a what a day that was. Shall I tell that story? Well, yeah, you can. I mean, we've got. Five, depends how long you're going to talk for. We've got five we'll, minutes. Tell you what, we'll, we'll end with the Queen story. Yeah, met our Elizabeth. Our Liz. Our Liz. So, so, we, so there them. were there were there were loads and loads of stuff. I'd love, there were so many stories that I'd love to tell. So after the Olympics, it's just a whole whirlwind of experiences and things, and particularly the medalists. So the the medalists, we had a special reception at Buckingham Palace, a royal reception, um, where we basically so this is just a medalist we got in on a bus, one of the the double decker red London buses went through into Buckingham. Came out, went through security, went inside in this magnificent place. It was three rooms, all open, unbelievable. Champagne on tap, just walking around, canapes, beautiful. We're all in our Team GB suits. And um, the whole idea was the royal family were going to be there. So it was just, a, a f- I was so excited and I think yeah. I'd had a bit too many... Um, Champagnes. Yeah. I would... I, I would. I Prosecco at Buckingham Palace or proper champagne? No, it was like that magnums of... Verve Clique or something, or wow. Dom Perignon. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> and our, our, we were with Tom Daly and Dan for the majority part. There was obviously all the medalists there. So, Dan. good fellow, his diving partner. We were having all a right. drink and having right. food and having a chat. And that's when the, the one of the guys, like a butler, just came over and said, uh, Right, the Queen's, the Queen's now going to walk through um, with Prince Philip and. Like the maids of honour, that is that's that's that wedding in it, something. Ladies in waiting. Ladies in waiting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Maid of honour. Maid of honour. <laughs> get married. married. <laughs> renewing the vows. <laughs> Sorry. So they're gonna walk through the room. So your best chance of meeting her is just just stand in the centre. So there's no guarantee that you're gonna meet her. You you are not allowed to approach the queen. Okay. So we're just a st- selfie. <laughs> yeah. We just stood there, um, just kind of waiting. I remember I was looking at she was chatting to the rowers and she then went from chatting to them, just turned to her left and looked me directly in my eyes. She kept the eye contact the whole way and I was just like, oh my God, she's walking over me. She just walked out and just stuck out this little white glove. Did you know what to do? Did you you have to bow or anything? No, we didn't get like... uh, You just shook shook So I I went, I swear to 
to no, God. Oh God, no, no. What did you do? What did you say? I said, "This is this is a, this is a fact. This this is going in the indent." I put my hand out to the Queen. I said, "Hey, up, how you doing? You all right?" <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> said, "Hey, up, how you doing? I'm Niall. Like, hey, up, how you doing? Yeah. All right." She shook her hand and then she. Did she, she say you should put that in your YouTube? For <laughs> yeah. I literally said, "Hey, up, how you doing?" Because I was she, just like, I didn't know what to say. And then what did she say? Then she stood there for about sixty seconds, about a minute, and we were kind of chatting about. So she asked her what I did and said gymnastics and. She was commented on me being a bit shorter because she was chatting to the rows who were yeah. all seven foot. And I was like, yeah, you need to be small and light to do. She's really tiny about it. She was really too small. Well, you than could me. do gymnastics, Liz. You're all right. You'll be all right. Well, I didn't. I just, I was just completely just baffled about what, what was happening right now. Yeah. And then she, she just wandered off again. And then I looked at Tom and he looked at me and we were like, oh my gosh. That was amazing. So, so, in, so out of the few, she only actually spoke to you. No, well, like the, to Tom, Tom did. A, Tom did a bit of talking. Right. I did a bit of talking. She just spoke to like the both of us, then went off. And then at this point, the whole time I was busting for the toilet, I needed, I needed a wee. So I kind of like just took it in. and I was like, right, I'm gonna wee myself. Ran out, went to the toilet, which was just like the best toilets I've ever been in my life. Like absolutely incredible, posh. Better than space at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, slightly better. <laughs> so then I um. I, I came out and then Will and Kate and Harry were about dotting about and they were a bit more informal. It was just like they were having some, having a crack. And so I kind of walked over and then Kate came over to me and um, I was mesmerised because she's very fit, obviously. She's, I, was I like, don't wow. know if you can say that. Very attractive. Very attractive. Royalty. And um, she said, oh, well done, Niall. I watched the gymnastics. You're absolutely brilliant. So no to, that, to that point, I was like, oh my God, she knows what no. I am. Honestly, I swear to gosh. Well done, Niall. I watched the, I watched gymnastics. the gymnastics. You were absolutely unbelievable. So I'm like, oh my, what is going on here? Yeah. So I'm chatting to her about it and she's asking how real was. Then the next thing, Harry like pops his head in, Prince Harry. He goes, you better not be chatting up my sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry's like, Harry's a boy. Like he's a he's top cool, lad. Yeah. He's just like one of the lads. He'd be sat here just like, just having a crack and that. Yeah. So that was, that was special. So the whole experience and then I'm the same, Justin Rose was there. All the, the most of the medalists were there. We were just, you know, and then we went. I just had that reception, and the majority of us went out in London afterwards and Brilliant. had a big night out. And it was just one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was Brilliant. when Harry said that, though. I was like, "What is going?" Yeah, that's incredible. Cool. Yeah. So there we are. Podcast number two. Podcast number two complete. Completed it. Completed it, Dad. And thank you so much for watching, viewing, subscribing. Make sure you click the subscribe button, guys. Share it on Instagram story. Uh, you know, we want to get this, reach this to as many people as possible. And I just want to say I love everyone. Oh, me too. But uh, I'd, I'd just like to say as well, the things that we've written on the board to talk about, we've only ticked off about two. So we've so much more to say about the Olympic journey and the road to Rio that we yeah. haven't done. The management team are going to be like, are like, you going to be able to just continue to do a podcast every week? Like, have you got enough to talk about? Uh, you like, yeah. yeah. Too much. Anyway. Bye. See you, see you later. Yeah. Train smart, keep it real. Get your merch. NW Club and I'll cut it, okay?